Okay. This is our friend Jen, and she has a listener lore about the theater. So, um, if you have any experience in the theater, you probably know that most theaters are haunted, um, except for some of the new ones. I've, I mean, I've been in theaters that aren't haunted, but most of them, if they've been around for any length of time, are. Um, and so, the couple of stories I'm going to tell today are about the theater at Birmingham Southern Theater, or Birmingham Southern College, where I went to school for theater. Um, so... Uh, there's there's a ghost that haunts the theater building itself. Um, and most most of the time, if you were a student there and you ever found yourself in there by yourself, um, which didn't happen very often, but every once in a while, late at night, you might be in the theater by yourself, um, you might encounter Charlie. Um, and Charlie had been described on various occasions as... Um, the head of the theater department when the building was built, it was built in the seventies, um, who had, you know, I don't even think he retired. I think he just passed away and then they got a new head. Um, or also a Confederate soldier. Like these are the two different. Now why? I mean, I think the school was founded in like the mid 1800s. So I suppose it is entirely possible that... Yeah, yeah, I think if anything like, oh, ever soldier. happens in the South, it must be haunted by Confederates. I mean, in some ways, I guess we still are. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So Charlie was either this random dude who died in the seventies or Confederate soldier. Um, <laughs> since his name was Charlie and not, and I cannot remember the guy's name now, uh, the guy who built the building. I'm gonna guess. You know, maybe they named him after the Confederate soldier because mm. Confederate soldiers are all named Charlie. Mm, clearly. Um, anyway, uh, so when I was a student there, um, I heard about Charlie for the first time from my friend Chris, who had had, he was a couple of years older than me, um, and he'd had this interesting experience where um, he was a commuter at the time. And so I guess, um, a little background, if you aren't familiar with the theater and how we work, um, if you're not in a show and on stage, then generally when you're working backstage, you wear all black. And he had been on the crew for this show that was, had gone into technical rehearsals. Um, and so since he was a commuter, he had brought his blacks, um, to change into that night for rehearsal. And when everybody was leaving the theater that night, um, everybody had gone out the side door and there was like, when you walked in through that door, there were a couple of steps up to stage level. Um, but the stage there is kind of interesting. It's not your standard, um, proscenium style stage. Um, it was because it was built in the seventies. It's, um, kind of this round turntable, um, that can drop down into the shop where you'd have like another turntable. So you could conceivably have like three different full, full three-dimensional sets mm. on stage, um, at any given point and then rotate between them. Um, which never happens cause who has that kind of money anymore? <laughs> um, but, um, so when you walk up onto the stage, like, um, there were these, these kind of panels that hid the side of the stage. Like from above, it almost looks like the building almost looks like a snow angel. <laughs> like it's this round thing. Everything's kind of built around the theater with these flappy wings. Um, and so, um, so everybody's on their way out the door. Chris is like the last one out of the building and he realizes, oh crap, when I changed into my blacks, I left my other clothes backstage. Um, so he was like, hey, hang on guys. You know, we were like, they were all going out to get dinner or something. He was like, hang on, I'll be right back. Um, 
So he went back into the building to um, to get his clothes, and as he walked up the stairs to the um, to the stage, he thought he heard somebody singing, and he was like, "Well, that's really weird. I thought I was the last one out, but maybe somebody's rehearsing a scene or something, whatever." Um, and so he, you know, walked up a couple of steps, and as he started walking towards the stage, and he got closer and closer to the stage, the singing began to get louder and louder, and um, and there wasn't just one voice. It was like a male tenor voice. And then the soprano started singing with him. And he was like, I don't recognize, like, it was a small liberal arts school. Like, you know, everybody in the theater department, you know, everybody in the music department. Most of the time when you're doing shows, all of those people are involved in everything. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things where he's like, I don't recognize either of the people singing. Like, who are these people that are on stage? It's so weird. So, um, you can't, when you walk in that way, you can't like see on stage right away. Um, and so he, you know, he kept walking in and as he walked closer and closer to the stage, it kept getting louder and louder. And when he turned the corner past the like little wing panel to see on stage, like no one was there. Mm. So he's hearing this loud duet coming from nowhere, like no one's in the house, no one's in the booth, the booths are dark, lights are off, everybody's like left for the night, like sound is coming from like surround sound, like from everywhere. And he went, oh shit, (laughs) and turned around and ran to the side of the stage and grabbed his clothes. And he said, as he ran out of the building, out the side door of the building, it just kept getting louder and louder and louder and louder, and almost like it was chasing him out the building. Although as soon as he got outside and we're, you know, we're all standing like maybe 20 feet away from the doors, like none of us heard any of this. Like it was of a volume that you would hear from outside the door um, and nobody heard anything. And he was mm-hmm. like, we are leaving. We are leaving now. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Um, so he just always assumed that it was Charlie. And, and I have tried for like the past three or four days to find out the name of this woman. I do not know. Um, my friend Robin said, oh, I always just referred to her as the soprano in the stairwell because apparently the music building also had its own ghost. And she would, if you were working in the music building late at night, you might hear a soprano singing in the stairwell. And if you've ever been around a music building, you know that very often you see, you hear yeah. instruments and voices coming from practice rooms all the time. But if you checked like every practice room, you would like you would know that you for sure you were in the building by yourself, mm-hmm. and you'd still hear a soprano singing in the stairwell. So it's just always. Chris assumed that sometimes she came over to the theater to um, enjoy a little stage time with Charlie. That's so cool. Which, cool. yeah. Um, I don't know why she doesn't have a name. Um, <laughs> I like the soprano in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't know who she was. Um, I had my own experience with Charlie a couple of years after that. Um, I was working on a, like a student project. Um, I was there late at night and I was all by myself. And, um, and I called my friend Jamie and I was like, hey, what are you doing? He was like, I'm just studying for this art history thing. <laughs> It's like, well, can you come study in the theater with me? Because it's like dark and it's late. It was probably like 
10 30 11 um and I was like I've got I've still got a couple more hours of work to do and I just don't want to be in here by myself and he was like yeah I mean I can bring this book and read it down there as easy as I can do it here yeah I'll be down there in a second so um so he was sitting down in the like the the smaller theater in the um basement with me and I realized I was doing lighting work and I realized that there were things that I needed that were in the light storage room um, well, <laughs> the light storage room was in the catwalks and to get there, normally you would go through the light booth and up into the catwalks, except that the light booth would get locked at the end of the day. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm giving away state secrets now, but <laughs> if you're a student there, you know that there's a spiral staircase that runs from the top of the, um, the top of the catwalk all the way down to the stage level and all the way down into the shop. Mm. And those doors like never got locked. So because who knew that there was a spiral staircase there? Like if you were, you know, trying to steal stuff. And who wants to go up a spiral staircase? Right. Who wants to? <laughs> you know? Well, uh, yeah. And the spiral staircase also had like every brick and the cinder block stair like stairwell that it was enclosed with. Um like, every time a celebrity died, particularly, like, uh, an actor or an actress, theater person, um, would always get, like, a gravestone brick in the uh -oh. spiral staircase. Um, so, it was kind of this cool but fairly creepy place. Um, so, I was like, it's no problem. I'll just go through the spiral staircase and go up and get what I need. The only problem with that, since you're just <laughs> the space is designed for you to go to the other direction, when you get up to the top in the catwalks, you're actually, like, walking through dark space, turning mm. on the light behind behind you walking through dark space turning on the light behind you so mm. so I get up the spiral staircase and I'm in the catwalks and I'm like okay and and keep in mind that like there are I-beams the JSU catwalks are very well designed <laughs> um, for people of varying head heights. Um, <laughs> the, the Birmingham Southern catwalks have uh, have these cross beams that literally, like, even for somebody of my very diminutive stature, um, <laughs> you still, like, ba bang your head on them. So I'm trying to, like, walk very slowly and keep my hands out in front of me as I, like, cross the catwalk to turn on a light behind me. And this level was, of your eyes huh your hands at the level of your eyes oh my god yeah no like you would like literally like bang yeah like bang your head um so I'm like hunched down and trying not to bang my head um and so um and you know I'd get to a because uh, I guess it's probably divided up into about like quarters or so or eighths I guess on the way around um and so I'm I'm you know crossing the grid and turning on lights behind me as I go and crossing and turning on lights behind me as I go. And I am like one section away from where you turn to go to the storage room. And I look up and there is this like shadowy mm. caped figure <laughs> ahead of me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> hey, Charlie. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't particularly like menacing. It was, but just like shadowy caped figure. And I was like, I get it. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna go now. Move aside a little bit. <laughs> um, nope, nope, no move aside. I'm not supposed to be here. 
I'm going to turn around and uh, please don't knock me out of these catwalks. And I'm just going to go back the way I came and I'll turn the lights off so as to not bother you <laughs> as I exit the facility. Thank you very much. I'll do this tomorrow. Um, so I did exactly what I said. I turned around and <laughs> turned the lights off as I went, got down the spiral staircase, ran down the other staircase into the basement and said, Jamie, we're leaving. Um, and and Jamie was like, what? What's going on? And I was like, did you not have any bizarre experiences while I was gone? And he was like, no, I've just been sitting here reading this art history book. <laughs> well, I've had an encounter with Charlie upstairs. We're just going to leave now. We're just, we're just going to go. Because um, it was one of those things where like security came around at like... I don't know, like midnight every night and locked every building. Mm. So as long as you were in the building, because it was a gated gated campus, like as long as you were in the building, no problem, you could stay and work. But if you like tried to get in after midnight, they weren't going to unlock it for mm -hmm. you. So the theater students and music students especially would just make sure they were already in before everything got locked up. Mm -hmm. And then they would stay all night if necessary. So... Because that's what you That did. night, I did not stay <laughs> past the point that it got locked up. Oh, creepy. So that is the story of Charlie, the Birmingham Southern College Theater Gifts. Thank you. shivers. You weren't scared? She sounded Yeah, scared. that's why I, I left. Like, yeah, if she I wasn't scared, she would have just walked by. <laughs> Well, but I also didn't want anybody to realize that I had tried to go, like, get the things that I needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just tell them tomorrow. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, That's a turn. good one. I would, the thought of it behind you while you're turning lights off. Yeah, I just, I just moved. There's no moved part of it that could have been not scary. That would have been scary no matter what. Yeah, I just moved swiftly. and I mean, I spent a lot of time in those catwalks, though. So it wasn't like I wasn't, especially since I was moving towards the light at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, moving towards Charlie was actually scarier than going back the other way. Because I know, but I was but moving was towards light the light. <laughs> yeah, I was going towards was the light. <laughs> So I could see what I was doing at that point, you know, like I wasn't. That yeah. is so creepy. I've never had anything like that. I've never had any. And I was just thinking over and over again this past week. I was like, I'd, I'd rack in my brain. Like, is there anything unexplained that's ever happened to me? And I was like, no, I think I rationalize everything that's ever happened. Like, if that had happened to me, I would have been like, okay, it's clearly something else. Like, and I probably still would have turned around and left, but I would have, like, completely forgotten about it afterwards. How weird. Yeah. No, I, don't know. I mean, granted, that was uh, entirely too long ago now. Maybe <coughs> maybe it was scarier at the time. I mean, it was yeah. scary I enough to make me leave the building. The yeah, the catwalks scary. are scary enough. Yeah. I mean, it was scary. I mean, it was scary enough to make me leave, but I, yeah. I mean, I don't recall it feeling menacing or you know like just it like wasn't it's a good a idea to malevolent leave now. presence yeah it was just like okay you don't want me to be here mm -hmm. um but i do the same thing in like graveyards and stuff like i just talk to the 
whatever might be here, I'm not here to hurt you. Don't <laughs> yeah, fuck with me. <laughs> don't fuck with me. <laughs> Please don't fuck with me. Yeah, like. <laughs> Yay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> this is what happens, no, actually, this is what happens when you tell ghost stories around the fire when you're camping. And somebody says, you'll get to tell those again, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, I guess I'm, I'm going to end with, uh, I was going to, do you want me to tell the barter first? Sure. Okay. okay. Um, uh, going, uh, most people know theater, theaters have ghost stories. And, and the older the theater, the better the ghost stories get. And, uh, and so when I went in undergraduate school, I went to a small school um, called Emory and Henry College. And... Um, and it's right next to uh, Abingdon, Virginia. And if you're familiar, as most theater people are, uh, the oldest uh, professional theater in the United States is the Barter Theater um, in Abingdon, Virginia. And so it's right there. It was right down the street. And, um, and if you're familiar with Abingdon in that area, uh, some areas go, dude, you don't believe in, in ghosts. And then other areas like Abingdon, Virginia, they go, yeah, uh, you heard about my ghost. You should go talk to Mrs. So-and-so. You know, and, and they, there's ghosts everywhere. Um, and the Barter Theater is, is full of the ghost stories. It's a great old theater, you know, and we, we, we love to go talk to people there and, you know, hang around the theater in the Martha Washington Inn. And uh, so a couple of the really neat ones, um, and, and, and to, to, I guess, to justify my story a little bit, Sylvia Malone, who used to teach in the English department here, still in, I believe she's in Anniston now, um, acted at the Barter Theater, and she will, she will back this story that I'm going to tell you um, <laughs> because I've told it to her and she's gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but one of the, the one of the first stories that, that they'll tell you at the barter is uh, uh, a production of Dracula and the the fellow that was playing Dracula. Um, it was opening night. They'd gone through rehearsals. Everything was ready up, and he was staying across the street at, at the building across that they had across the street. Um, and he was already coming across to, to get ready for the show. And as he went across the street, he got hit by a car and he was killed. Mm. And uh, so the show never opened. Um, but many people will tell you that they've, they've sat in the barter theater and you'll hear the front door open. And if you're familiar with the, you can't see the door, but you'll hear the front door open, you'll hear it close. And then all of a sudden a huge cold uh, wind will, will pass through the theater and many people have actually said they see him in his theatrical costume on stage uh, for a moment right after that. Um, so that's, that's one, he's one of the biggies. Another biggie is that there's a tunnel uh, that goes between the theater and the, the Martha Washington Inn, which was, used to be a college, girls' college. And the Confederate soldiers were hidden in the tunnel um, to keep the, when, when there was a change of hands there. And uh, one of the Confederate soldiers supposedly died. And um, he's seen in the theater. And I, part of this story I was never told. Um, but part of the story I was told. But supposedly, um, if, if, the, if, he, if, he, if you see him and he shows you your, your, his bloody wounds, you will be dead within 48 hours. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so if you see him, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, this is, this is Sylvia's story. This is everybody's story. Um, Robert Porterfield uh, was known. He, he actually went to, oh, what is the, gosh, I forget, the, the theater in, the Empire Theater in New York. Um, they were getting ready to, to wreck the Empire Theater down. 
in the 30s uh, during the Depression, and he found out about it, and he was given permission to go to New York, and, um, and he got the grand drape. Um, he got the seats, or many of the seats. Um, he got stage lights, uh, theater lights. And of course, this is the early part of the Depression, and nobody had money, and so he brought it all to Abingdon, Virginia, um, and brought actors from New York, and uh, three, three, uh, three fourths of the people that came to see shows paid with chickens and produce and food, and one fourth paid with money. And he thought that everybody should see theater, and um, and he did great things. He was in he was in some movies. He did some other stuff. Uh, he he uh, gave many many people their start. In, in theater, um, in theater. Um, but the fun story is, and, and many actors will tell you this it's, um, to this day, um, and I checked it out, it's even now that you can go online, it's like they're still telling the story. Um, but many actors will tell you, is this, as, as, especially when a show opens, Robert Porterfield, um, they don't sell his seat. His seat is still there, and um, the seat is vacant, and as the show starts, Port, they see Porterfield is right there. The actors will see him sitting in the house. And through the course of the night, he's sitting there. If he disappears, if the show is terrible, <laughs> he disappears. And he's not there for the end of the show. Um, that's awful. That's going to be and, such a horrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's like this it's like great. I've never wanted to see a ghost so bad in my life. <laughs> this icon has, has like, shit on my performance <laughs> you know? so but that's that's the big bar you know so there's all sorts of, of 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 ghost stories um but when i came here um here we have this wonderful theater and on top of that which is really great we had at, at night when everything is all dark you have these awesome cubby holes where you would swear oh my god i saw something walk up there oh, shit or, don't tell me I, that you're just, just like I mean, there's just, it's, it's wonderful. You, you see things that aren't there, you know, and it's awesome. But when I first got here, the theater was nine years old. You know, I mean, it was a baby. There was no ghosts. You know, it was just like, it's, you know, whatever. And um, so, but what's really, what was, what was neat is I have, I was two things. Um, first of all, every, the kid, uh, kids, the students here know um, the green room was named after Larry Miles. It's the Larry Miles Green Room. And um, he was an English teacher. And pretty much, um, there was a Janet Lefevre uh, before him directed a few plays. She did some plays and stuff. Um, but he started a drama, de not department, but program um, here. And, uh, and, and all, all of his life, he was extremely supportive. Uh, those of us who are old enough remember him still after retirement walking the parking lots, picking up quarters, you know, whatever. Yeah, and it was two of them, and they, they, they made tons of money. I was like, one day, I said, what are you doing? And he said, we're picking up quarters. And I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah, we got like $50 last month. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. People just drop change out of their car and don't pick it up, you know. So, um, but what was great, I mean, he was always a, he was a huge supporter of, of, the, of the theater. And um, he was in plays. He was, his last play was uh, Treasure Island. A children's show and and it was it was great the kids were he couldn't remember his lines anymore and Aww. they were like feeding him his lines and he came up and he said this is this is it you know whatever but his wife and he continued and she had gone into alzheimer's 
and they sat up there in the corner, um, mostly opening nights of uh, every show. And, and she wanted to come see every show, and you know, so they came. And so she was a really uh, avid supporter of, the, of this theater uh, department and what goes on and putting up shows and everything. Um, the, other, the other thing that happened at this, this particular time in my life was uh, I, my grandmother and my grandfather, I mean, they would travel states from Virginia to Tennessee to, you know, to North Carolina to, you know, wherever to see wherever I was to see what I was doing. Um, my grandmother would watch a show and I'd say, well, what did you think? And she'd go, <clears throat> did you face that hymn? You know, you know she, was, she was always very critical and, you know, and watching what I did. She was the one I had learned tailoring from. Um, but, you know, she saw everything I did. And when I moved to Alabama, she couldn't make the trip down here. She had already physically declined and my grandfather wouldn't fly. So it was never going to happen. And she used to say, one day I'm going to see your work again, you know. And um, so we were doing Brigadoon, and my grandmother passed. And so I, I went to the funeral, and I came back, and I, I told uh, all the students, I said, my grandmother is now going to see my work. She's going to see this show, so we got to make it good, you know. And um, so, this, so it was very interesting that, you know, right about then, uh, I guess the first appearance was I was in, working in the shop, and I, I'm down here working at the cutting table in the costume shop. And I look up, and those of you who've been in the shop at night, the window becomes a mirror. And I look, and there's a lady in white. Oh, shit. Standing at the door. And um, I'm kind of like, you know, whatever, and then she's gone. You know, and so I, I just like, oh, this is crazy. So a little, a little later, I'm doing something across, looking at a rendering, and I turn around, and, a, and I see a lady in white from the back walking into the washroom. And I'm like, dude, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you know, oh my God. And, um, and, and, you know, and this happens, it happens several times. And then it start, people start telling me, oh, I, the, out the corner of my eye, I saw a lady in white. And so, you know, my first, you know, thought was, you know, my grandmother. And then I talked to my father and my father said, you know, yes, your grandmother was buried in a white nightgown. That's what she wanted, closed casket. And I was like, wow. And so, you know, I thought this is a possibility, but Larry, Larry Miles' wife passed away the exact same time as my grandmother, literally a week apart. And I thought, well, that's probably whatever. So I did, I, I said something to them about it. And I think that she was wearing, a, somehow she was wearing a white nightgown too. So to this day, I can't tell you, both ladies were extremely interested in theater. Um, they were extremely interested in the, uh, the process of everybody creatively putting something up. And, um, and, and so whichever lady in white that you see out the corner of your eye, whoever they are, they're interested in what we're doing. And they're a good guy. They're, good guy yeah. and they're here, they're here right. just to watch. Um, oh, shit, you're going to make me cry. Oh. <laughs> so, but the other one, and, 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 and I've already, I told a couple of guys already that I was going to tell this one, and they were like, oh my God, we heard it. You know, whatever. Um, and this is misfortunate. We, had, we did have a student who had a miscarriage um, mm. many years ago. And shortly thereafter, people started hearing a baby cry mm. and in the ladies' restroom and then throughout the theater. And I think Cheyenne said there was a group that saw, that heard the baby cry in the flies or someplace up, up in the grid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So periodically you'll hear a baby cry. 
So uh -huh. yeah, so that, that that one's the kind of not that's a sad story. Yeah. But you never know because what I've been told is that ghosts come in, can come in on furniture and we get old furniture and clothes all I've the time. I've heard this too. Oh, wow. Yes. I didn't know that. That's something yeah. new to me. So, yeah, because... Oh, that's true because a lot of the stuff is done and holy shit. <laughs> 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 I don't know if it can go home with you, <laughs> but, but it can come in on something. Well, that like makes sense. porcelain doll Right? Shit. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you, Freddie. <laughs> so I got tears. I